Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, so today we're going to be talking about, very, very briefly really, and um, the musings I'm going to be doing over the next few days and weeks may be very short, but I really want to just do them, you know, because I, like I said, I have a lot of reflections based on um, some of the experiences I've had over the past two, three weeks. And I think it's important that I document that I, that I speak of them while they're still very much present with me and and all of that. So um, I will just be doing short, perhaps five, ten minutes musings as the spirit leads. And um, yeah, and I hope it will be useful for whoever it is that would listen in at any point in time. So today I'm just going to be talking about some of my many reflections. I have about 22 <laughs> different reflections all written down based on, you know, my experience of the last two, three weeks. If you haven't read, if you haven't listened to my musing on um, touch with the feelings of our infirmities, please do, because I will give you a bit of a backstory to what I'm talking about. I won't repeat it in other episodes, but I think that episode will be what I call the context setting for the other musings that are going to be coming forth. So today's musing is going to be about what I call um, I think I should call it when you pass through the waters. And even though I will be reading about three scriptures, but the essence of what I am going to be talking about is this thing that we all have in modern day Christianity, where we have this belief that when you give your life to Christ, you know, everything in the Bible says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are now of God who has reconciled himself to us and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. That's in Second Corinthians 5, um, 18 to 21. We have the perception that what that means is that you're not going to have any more troubles in life again. And that if you're working with God and you're working well with him, you will not have any troubles. Nothing will ever go wrong in your life. And if something goes wrong in your life or you have any kind of challenges or trials or whatever... It means that your relationship with God has gone awry and that, you know, you're, you're not doing something right. Now, it's a perception that is very much upheld by teachings that come forth from big platforms, from knowledgeable individuals. And it sort of like plays to the way we would like to think that God is as well. But like I have said on my musing severally, and I think the journey of this musing and this podcast has been one of going back to the Bible and going back to what scripture says and not necessarily what I have known or I have believed or I have been taught over the past, I would say, 10, 15, 20 years. But it's really about going back to scripture. And even though I talk about learning a lot, I'm finding that the unlearning that I have to do is actually exponentially more than the learning because the the learning is new and it's fresh. Where, 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 where I'm learning something new, it's new, so it's likely to stick. But on learning something that you have believed, that, that is so tough because there are so many layers of, you know, um, values of, 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 of beliefs, of mindsets and things that have come together to for me to form a view about something. So it's not just something you just change your mind about overnight. You have to begin to unpack all the, you know, thoughts and experiences and things you've heard and listened to and believed, particularly belief systems that have constructed themselves in your heart and in your mind for so long to be able to, you know, actually unpack that thing. And what I'm talking about today is one of those things that will be very, very difficult to unlearn. And what I'm finding is that 
to be able to walk with God in the way that he desires, particularly in this 21st century life, or even if you want to follow the path of the disciple, which is, I would assume, what most of us want to do, this is something that you have to unlearn. Otherwise, I will never be a disciple. You will never be a disciple. We will not be. So I will first start off by reading um, the book of James, chapter 1. And wh- whenever we do these musings, really, I think it's left to everyone to make up their own mind about you know what is right or what is wrong for most of the scriptures that i read sometimes i could read up up to 10 because there's so many that show that but then it's not about how many scriptures you can read it's about what's he saying to you and what's your heart hearing and what's the holy spirit saying to you that's the most important thing you know so um i i i i have made a choice to live my life based on what the word of god says and how the holy spirit helps me to interpret it in my life um, that decision needs to be made by everyone, you know, based on what they go through and all of that and their own personal journey and consecration with God and where they see their work with God going. But I'm just sharing uh, my experience. Um, hopefully, if it's useful for you, that's great and that's fine. So so I will start off with James chapter 1. And I like this scripture. We read it a lot, at least back in the day. But these days, nobody reads it again. I don't even know what has happened in the body of Christ. But I remember in the 90s, I used to, this was something that used to comfort me a lot then. And it starts off, this was James, the book of James. It says, start off, um, James chapter 1, verse 1. It starts off and I read, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Um, so it also says that if you, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. He's not, um, he's not, um, how would I say, stingy with it, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers, wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in his ways. So where I want to um, zero in on is when he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He doesn't say count it all joy if you fall into diverse temptations. He now says that we should know that in the midst of those diverse temptations, and I like that choice of words and language, diverse temptations, because what it means is that the temptations will not be uniform. For some people, it may be, you know, it may be household, it may be work. For some other people, it may be, you know, challenges with health. For some other people, it may be other things, maybe with the children, you know, it could be anything. So it says we should count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations, regardless of what it is. And he's writing to Christians. So he says, my brethren. And he's saying that they should take it in as a thing of joy. He says that because we should know that the trial of our faith works patience, but let patience have a perfect work that may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, I want to put a caveat here because... I'm not saying here that, um, you know, count it all joy doesn't mean you do not resist the devil. Count it all joy doesn't mean you do not bind when you need to bind. Count it all joy doesn't mean you do not pray. But what it means is that in all of it, what he's saying here is that we should not... In fact, there's another scripture where he says, do not think it strange concerning some of the things that will happen to you. We should not look at it as strange. But we should recognize that just like the devil came to 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 try um Jesus while he was in the wilderness in the wilderness he will also do it to all those who follows follows um after um Jesus we will all be tried in our face through different situations and challenges that we have like i said it may be marital it may be children it may be personal health issues it could be anything but 
He says when those temptations and trials come, whether it's relationships, whether it's environmental, whether it's persecution of some kind, whatever it is, when those things happen, we should realize that it is our faith that is being tried. So at that point in time, what we should be keen into is our faith in God. He says, but let patience have its perfect work that may be perfect and entire. But I'm not even going to go into the dynamics of faith here because that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to to muse on and get about is this whole when we fall into diverse temptations it's a when and it's not an if and i think the fact that that when is almost made to look like it's not a when and it's it's not even an if it should never happen i you know can never it's not my portion you know that sort of thing that we sort of say i think it makes us not prepare for the day of adversity when it comes and the bible does tell us that there is a day of adversity in fact, I think it's Proverbs 24 verse 10 or one of them that says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. There's also another scripture that says that God prepared the wicked for the evil day. For all of us, there will be a day of adversity. The depth of the adversity, the range of the ad- adversity, the severity of it will differ. But I honestly think I honestly think that we as children of God really need to have resilience training. That's what I'm really beginning to find out. And resilience training is not when you do prayer and fasting or you are binding for houses, for things. It's about being able to keep your heart steadfast in the midst of challenging situations. And that can only happen by building our faith upon the word of God, you know, in peacetime. And just generally, you know, having so many spiritual tools at our disposal that enable us to hold our heart strong in those situations where everything around you is shaking and is rustling. In those moments, because you have to go through it. That's what I, I have experienced. Even when people are praying for you, even when people are holding you up, at the end of the day, you, you are the one, as in they can't come and take over your body for you and your life. You will have to go through it. You may have people standing on your left, standing with you on your right, but the emotions of it, everything, that's all on you. If there are physical symptoms, nobody can, you know, carry the symptom for you. You will have to carry it. Your mind, how your mind is responding to what's going on. The thoughts, they're all your own. No one can help you with that apart from God and his word. I think my biggest takeaway from all of this is I need to prepare more. Even though I thank God for the preparation of these musings because it really helped me, I don't think I could have, I don't, in fact, I don't think even God would not have allowed me to go through this because the Bible says he doesn't allow us to be tempted above that which we are able. I believe that the process of scripture that I've gone through over the past 18 months really helped me through that process. But even at that, there were times, hmm. but without it, in fact, I don't even know what would have happened to me. So even now that I'm coming out of this, I know that because even before this, there were things before this, before this, there were things before this. And the Lord had told me that it was, things were going to be really tough during this pandemic. I, I, I did, and I've said it on these musings before. In fact, he said, what he said was that is the things that you learn during the pandemic that will prepare you for what is going to come. It has turned out to be so true, but, but never in a way I could have imagined 
He says, count it all joy. When? Is that when? That's all I'm talking about here. So I'm just going to read a few more scriptures to talk about that, you know, pay to this as well. And I trust God that the Lord will help us. What The message I want to leave with myself and with my heart is that I should not think it's strange concerning these things that have happened to me and whatever it is more that will be ahead. The most important thing is for me to prepare for that day, whatever it may be, and believe that God will take me through it and that I will have the strength of heart and mind to walk with God in faith, in love and in purity and stand strong with him, being strong in the Lord and in the power of might as we go through. When we read Isaiah 43, it says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave I gave Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your stead. Now, this is God affirming a promise to his chosen people. And he's saying, fear not, for I have redeemed you. It is the same promise he gives to us as the children of God through Christ Jesus. He says, I have called you by name. We see that in the New Testament as well. When he says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar person called out of darkness into light to show for the marvelous praise of the Lord. But he now tells those chosen ones, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. He did not say, I will stop the, you from passing through the waters. The same thing in Psalm 23. He promised to us that when we pass through, he will be with us. This is so, he describes three types of um, um, temptations here. There's the waters, there's the rivers, there's the fire. In fact, there's... He talks about the waters I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. This was exactly my experience over the past three weeks. I passed through waters. He was with me. I passed through the rivers. They did not sweep over me. I walked through the fire. I was not burned. The flames did not set me ablaze. But did I pass through the waters? Oh my goodness, I passed through. Did I pass through the rivers? I did. Did they rage as though they were going to sweep over me? Yes, they did. Did they succeed in sweeping over me? No, they did not. When I walked, did I walk through the fire? Yes. Was I burned? No. Did the flame set me ablaze? No. Did it look as if it would? Yes. Through it all, where was he? He was with me. The same thing in Psalm 23 when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Haven't you ever wondered, why is it that the psalmist says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? If the Lord is my shepherd, shouldn't he prevent me from walking through the valley of the shadow of, the de of death? So, I have said this in previous musings before, and I will say it because I think my, my heart needs to hear it again. God is not afraid of the waters. He does not shy away from passing through the rivers. Neither does he run from walking through the fire. In fact, he looks forward to those opportunities when we can have those times together. In some cases, he will prevent it. In many cases, he will not. But his promise to us is that he will be with us. He will be with me. He will be with you.
and that the rivers will not sweep over me. And that even though we walk through the fire, I will not be burned, just like Chedrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the flames will not set us ablaze. This is Isaiah 43, verse 2. Unfortunately for many of us, because of the way we've been socialized in Christianity, we do not want to pass through the fire. We don't even want to walk through the waters. But God says that this is how our faith is perfected. So it's a choice, really. I, I, I really don't know. But I think for me, like I said, on this journey of unlearning, I want to unlearn everything that makes me resist the path that God chooses to teach me. And I want to learn more about how I can be that kind of disciple that is able to pass through and really, really pass through spirit, soul, and body and walk with God in the process. There's still, I still have a long way to go because I know that I, I, you know, when I, 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 I have been so much a part of that mentality of you're a child of God, certain things should not happen to you. And yes, I do believe that certain things should not happen to you, but I do believe that God wins regardless and that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And I do know that there are things that we can bind and we can, um, whatever that it won't happen to us. But I do know that some things that we would rather not happen will happen the severity of it is variable i also know that there's some things that god will make sure will never happen to us i believe that as well i believe the scripture that says god will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able but he will with every temptation make a way of escape so that you can bear it i believe it i always remind him of that scripture whenever i'm in any, any temptation i say you know you you says you are faithful you will not allow so you know my threshold and you will not allow this thing to pass my threshold. So I always remind him in every temptation. And he, he, has, he has been faithful, even though there sometimes I actually felt I had hit my threshold. But, you know, eventually I, I, we, we were able to stretch that threshold. But I can't say there's ever been anyone that has passed the point at which I cannot bear. Because once I get to that point, things just change. But like I said, in many of the cases, there are things that I even wished <laughs> that were totally avoidable. But even in, even in that, I still see so many things that God did not allow to happen. For instance, like I said, he, he, he doesn't allow the, the waters to overwhelm me. But I think for me, accepting the fact that I have to pass through the waters, I have to pass through the rivers, and I have to walk through the fire, I think that's the unlearning that I need to put my head in. Because the way I've been socialized as a Christian, I believe that Christians should not pass through the waters, Christians should not pass through the rivers, Christians should not walk through the fire. But there is no um, correlation for that in scripture. That is not what the word of God says. So I will end with um, John chapter 16, um, where, um, yeah, where Jesus was talking to the disciples, some of the statements that he made um, towards the end. It's okay, let me read the version from Matthew 18, 19 to 20. He says, do you finally believe, Jesus said, look, an hour is coming and has already come when you will be scattered, each one to his own home, and you will leave me all alone, and you will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. He's talking about his death, crucifixion. I have told you this thing so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. 
And this is Jesus saying it. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. I mean, and look around us. Look around us as what's happening. So I just think as Christians, we need to really, really get our head out of the sand. This ostrich behavior, hear no evil, see no evil, is not going to help us. And if we're really in the last days and we're in the beginning of sorrows, we really need to start preparing for how we're going to rule and reign victorious in the midst of what may very well be the most challenging times ahead for us. If what has happened in the past 18 months is anything to go by. And I believe, a part of me believes that God has allowed a lot of these things because we have become too complacent and we have forgotten that this place is not our home. And he needs us to begin to key into his heavenly agenda, his kingdom agenda and his purpose, which is that all men be saved and that all men come to the knowledge of the truth and that we go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I'll leave it there at this point. And um, the Bible says we should count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trial of our faith works patience, but let patience have its perfect work because we shall be perfect and, and, and um, perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But the last word I would leave is that Jesus said, even though in this world we will have tribulation, we should take courage because he has overcome the world. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen.